yeah. very happy for Andy Reid. He of said course. that well, we, quarter, I remember. Very, I think I remember very, 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 very clear about that. <laughs> he was uh, his, his how happy he was for Andy Reid. Welcome back. You're listening to the Long Snapper podcast. And as promised, here is our extra professional, factual Super Bowl review show where we will break down the game quarter by quarter, minute by minute, play by play and analyse everything. All the X's and O's. All right, we'll, we, we'll do what we usually do. I'm, I'm Adam. Talk, talk with... about it for 10 minutes. If that. yeah, That's a push. That's a push. <laughs> uh, Mark and Pat are with me. Craig might be with us earlier. He's had a last-minute issue with some... He knocked some kid out, and the kids yeah, had to go get, to hospital. Broke, broke some really, kid's nose, didn't he? I think that's what happened. He, he definitely did that from yeah. what, what I'm reading on WhatsApp. Yeah. But If if any authority is listening, Craig definitely did that. Yeah. And to be fair, might be with us is as good as you get when he's actually in the call, so, you know, it's not that worked worse. <laughs> <laughs> The main, thing, the main thing is we wish the kid a, a speedy recovery. Yeah. And yeah. Um, Unless he was asking for it, in which case, you know, that'll learn him. <laughs> Russ would call him a pussy, of course, if he were here. Yeah, Russ, Russ is driving from Newquay to Folkestone. That's incredibly... Well, driving from Newquay to anywhere, I wouldn't bother. Why would you, why would you live in Cornwall? You know, it's like living in Norfolk, the rump of England. It's uh, you, there are no motorways. You, you know, people in a place where you don't travel through it. You know, you've got you've got a question. But we're not just here to uh, slag off Cornwall and and Norfolk. Uh, we are here to. Why are we here? Uh, something to do with I don't know Super Bowl. To, to do a quiz and whinge about stuff, I think. Yeah. Before we get into the quiz, let's just. While the three of us are here, coincidentally, and it genuinely is a coincidence, Mark, Pat and myself, we all appeared on the Five Yard Rush mock draft a couple of days ago, which is a very good listen. You should check that out if you haven't already. It was really well put together, great production, a lot of fun. And the best three of the Long Snapper podcast represented the Long Snapper podcast. It was a lot of fun. It was a good, um, what, two and a half hours in the end? And quite stressful at times when <laughs> who you wanted was flying out of the window left, right and centre and you were scrambling for new choices. But it's good. It's good fun. I'll do it again, which is good because we've got to in like three months. Yes. <laughs> Considering the level of stress that went into picking someone at 22 in the draft, you also wonder like how many times is that multiplied in real life in that war room for like players flying off the board that you want and having to consider trades and it also you know it's, it's a similar speed actually yeah it felt like it um that's that's interesting like you don't considering how much more goes on in an actual draft war room and like the phone calls and you've got to they've got to speak to the players and and make sure they're happy and in some cases, teams have done that in advance, but you know, potential trades that crop up at the last minute. I've no idea how it all comes together. 
I really enjoyed last year's draft when the team drafting first took every second they had available of their slot. <laughs> and then came out and chose the guy everyone expected them to think because there was so much like oh have they traded out oh have they changed their mind oh they're no just like just see... trolling us for the last 10 yeah. minutes really. they just like seeing their logo up on the screen yep that was funny <laughs> it also you got three months and you take the extra 10 minutes that you get it, it's also like it's it's a weird situation because from a bill's point of view we're i'm, I'm used to like us drafting earlier on in the draft and you get to this point of the season and the Bills are drafting 22 because we got to the playoffs. So clearly we're a little bit further down and you kind of, you have that moment. Yeah, 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 you could talk. Um, <laughs> you, you kind of have that moment where you think, yeah, it was amazing. We got to the playoffs, but we still didn't win anything. And now it means that we're drafting at 22 rather than 10, where we would get that player that we desperately wanted. So it's, yeah, it's, it really makes you think that really there is only one team that getting to the playoffs and getting that far, it's actually any good for. And literally everyone else almost gets screwed by it. And that's why you have the parity in the NFL that you have, I guess, that those teams that do shit in theory end up getting better, except for the Bengals. Depending on how you draft, I guess, yeah. Um, I followed last year's draft. So another Jags pod were streaming live from a pub and reacting to each pick. And they lost their minds when the Jaguars drafted Josh Allen because they wanted Hawkinson. And uh, <laughs> the whole of the rest of this season has been them backtracking and going, yeah, actually, Josh Allen's quite good. He's probably better than Hawkinson. He's a lot better than Hawkinson. I'm really glad we drafted Allen. <laughs> yeah, and it's the the Bills fans on Twitter, when we drafted Josh Allen, our, our Josh Allen, lost their mind because they wanted Rosen. And... Look how that turned out. You look how that turned out. Yeah. Um, if you're so, called Josh Allen, your fans probably underrate you when you're drafted. That's clearly that's a thing. Rule there. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> well, back to what you're saying about it's Super Bowl or nothing, Mark. It just makes me realise that three of us have, our teams have zero Super Bowls between them. That's quite a depressing thought. Isn't it? <laughs> but there you go. At least some of the other appearances. Yeah. It doesn't help, mate. Honestly, Mark a it few it more in your case. It doesn't help. If, if anything, that makes it worse. Yeah, I bet Rich would say the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as long as you're happy for Andy Reid, that's the main thing. He mm. was. We we all got together to watch the Super Bowl at, at Rich's place. And the three of us and Craig, Chris and that was and Rich. Yeah, Rich, was, in he fact. Was, it was his <laughs> he, was, he was there he was eventually. Yeah. Although he wasn't the first there, which is a bit weird. But there you go. The first in his house, but not the first to get to Bristol. It was a great evening. And I think you missed Craig out, which is understandable. I didn't miss Craig, did I? No. Craig was there, eating Craig avocados. Was... He was there. I didn't miss Craig out, did I? <laughs> I hope not. Not about to... <laughs> I won't listen back to find out. Just, uh, just but... say Craig randomly and then Craig... edit into that bit. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but Rich got drunk enough to say repeatedly how happy he was for Andy Reid and I think he meant it um, in fact before we're going to have a quiz but since we're talking about that Rich who isn't here and you can hardly blame him he's going to see a gig someone I've, I've forgotten who it was someone that was a bit too mainstream for my tastes um, I could plug his music podcast at this point but I'm not going to I might be wrong it's called there you go that's more than I intended to do. Uh, but he's, he sent us a little bit of audio 
just in case you're missing his voice. So let's slot it in right here. And I'm scribbling down the time. Evening, gents. Sorry I couldn't join you, but I have other plans for my evening. Much as I'd love to sit around wallowing in post-Super Bowl misery, I genuinely think that going to a gig is more fun. First off, I have to say, losing to the Chiefs is not the worst thing in the world. They are a great team, well-run organisation, and and they fully deserve this, particularly Andy Reid, who I've got a lot of time and respect for. And Pat Mahomes is unreal. Let's face it, he is an incredible weapon on that offence. And I don't think anyone can argue with how good he was at the end of that fourth quarter. As far as the Niners are concerned, it's been an incredible season. Let's face it, no one expected us to be at the Super Bowl at the start of the year. And we spent most of the year being told that we hadn't played anyone yet. So I absolutely can't be sad about that. I think it's the... The nature of the loss that's the hardest thing to take, having a 10-point lead well into the fourth quarter and then not being able to just close it out is going to hurt a lot of people. But this one feels like it is more of a a start to something good rather than a culmination of a period where we really needed to win something. Uh, the, there are a lot of free agents that should come back next season I'm thinking Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward. This team is mostly young and I think can can only get better. Jimmy's in his first season and I know a lot of people are putting it on him for the loss. And ultimately he did miss some throws that he should have made. But basically a season's worth of experience. I would expect him to step up and improve next year and the following season. And if he doesn't, then at that point I'll be revising my opinions of him. But right now I think there's a lot of very harsh words being said about him that are pretty unfair from my perspective. So yeah, tough one to take, but I think we'll be back next year. Uh, the defense may not be quite as powerful as it is this year. I think there's always going to be some regression there, but I also think a year in that offense, I think we could be quite a scary proposition next year, provided the right pieces stay fully healthy. So Generally feeling more optimistic than pessimistic, but still pretty pretty bummed at the moment. Hopefully we can we can make the playoffs next year again. And at the end of the day, at least we didn't lose to the pass. Cheers, gents. There you go. That was fascinating. It was. I mean, I've, I've never heard Rich talk so eloquently from the heart and um, passionately, it was that that really that's really choked me up. Just I, like I he haven't on his since. podcast. <laughs> he was definitely passionate at about three a.m. Monday morning. I do feel sorry for his neighbours because we were quite enthusiastic, both <laughs> as a fake when Rich was out getting beers to get him to run back in and see nothing, yeah. and uh, really. And then he shouted at us because he assumed we were faking it. So he'd rush back in and see nothing. That was the the best bit. The double the double bluff, boy, grow wolf, whatever you want it, to call it. It was good of them to time a real interception on the game just after our fake interception. That was yeah. good. I did enjoy that. The, uh, on the play after, we said, imagine if there's an interception on the next play. He doesn't come through. And then Pat Mahomes throws an interception straight away. Brilliant. <laughs> well done. <laughs> right. You've, been, you've teased us, Patrick. You've said... I've, I'm not sure of the exact quote, but 
the best quiz we've ever ever had or was similar to that there was a little bit of me when when I heard him say that, Adam, that I wondered if it got your back up, where you were like, hold, hold, hold the phone. I've been doing quizzes for years, and you come in here like Johnny Mr. Quiz, and you're <laughs> thinking you're going to take the title. I think what I actually said was the best quiz I've ever written. That's not to say uh, the best uh, quiz that the podcast ever had. Uh, I have listened to them all, so I could mm-hmm. probably judge, but you know, you can't judge your own work. It's not You're not far enough away from it. It's passionate. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it was set up with like four or five people in mind, and it's um, based on the regular season player statistics. Uh, It's based on the pointless format, so what I was going to do was knock a player out each round. Because we've only got two of you, we'll play the whole thing like it's the head-to-head, so we'll just give a point to the winner of each question, I think is probably the best way to play it. So basically you're saying because Russ and Craig and Rich are too much of a pussy to turn up, um, we go straight to straight to the final. Yeah, I suspect this is the head-to-head we'd have got anyway. But it seems know. likely, doesn't it? It I seems think so. Yeah. Just, we'll save, just save them a bit of embarrassment. Yeah, that's fair enough. So we'll have an extended head-to-head. Um, <laughs> so my favourite kind of head-to-head. Yeah, that's, that's the type of head everyone likes. <laughs> <laughs> so, question one: You are naming for me wide receivers who had more than a thousand yards in the regular season. And you will score points for each receiving touchdown they made. And remember that you're trying to score as few points as possible. So you want a receiver who's got over a thousand yards and the fewest touchdowns you can. Um, Good Lord. Lord. Adam will answer first. We're going to go alphabetically by first name, which I hate, but that's how the quiz works. Uh, What's the penalty for actually getting a wrong answer? If you don't, if you pick a wide receiver who didn't receive over a thousand yards, you score a hundred points. Okay, so it's quite severe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Just to... so, so it's over a thousand yards, but as few touchdowns as possible. Yes, exactly that. Okay. <sighs> okay. Um... <laughs> this is horrible. This is yeah. This is hard. <laughs> it's really horrible. And what, right. what, what what we'll do is we'll take two answers from each of you and add them up. Although we'll go Adam, Mark, Mark, Adam in the first round. In Ooh, traditional point, pointless, yeah. pointless fashion. Exactly. That, exactly. Okay. That. I'm going to start with Mike Evans. Mike That's Evans on really the Really cagey. Mike Evans scored eight touchdowns last season. So you're on eight. Mark, pick one. Ooh. Um, let's go with. Uh, Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton is on there. He scored six. You take a two-point lead. They, they both feel like really bad answers. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. <laughs> They're not terrible answers. <coughs> like your second choice. Is it me again? Yes, you again. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with. I don't think he scored many touchdowns. 
because it was really poor. But the, my question, I don't know whether he got over a thousand yards. So I'm going to say OBJ. OBJ scored four touchdowns. Get in. They're on ten. That means nice. Adam needs a thousand yard receiver with two touchdowns or less to take it into um, sudden death. To the that's that should be a fly on impossible, surely. Well, <laughs> I can tell you there are twenty five acceptable answers, two of whom would take this to an extra extra answer. Oh, I, I, I don't even, I can't even get my head round like the way the way to go with this. Um, a receiver that's had a good season but didn't score any touchdowns, basically. Oh, 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 Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett. He had eight touchdowns as well. You're consistent. Oh, but you're second out of two. <laughs> I wouldn't Honestly, have thought he had anywhere are. near that many. <laughs> I was the, more concerned he wouldn't have a thousand yards. Um, so the worst answer on the board was Kenny Golladay with 11 touchdowns. Wow. The two who only had two touchdowns. Do you want to have a go, Mark? Oh, I wouldn't have a clue. Wouldn't have a clue. Mike Williams and Robert Woods. Did Mike Williams get over a thousand yards? Yes. Wow. I can look it up. See, I've got it on screen. You don't remember them because he didn't score any touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. He can't have had many over a thousand yards. Wow. One thousand and one. Last <laughs> <laughs> one on the list. I forgot That's I'd reorganised it by alphabetical order, so I thought he was sixth on the list. All right. <laughs> Question two is quarterbacks with a minimum of 20 passing touchdowns and you're scoring points for the number of interceptions they conceded. Uh, we'll let Adam go first again because he was worst on the previous question. That can be uh, Super Bowl draft style. So minimum what, of how many? Sorry, minimum of 20 passing touchdowns. Yep. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. He scores you six. That is excellent. Oh, dear me. <laughs> oh, dear me. This has gone off to a bad start then. Um, but so we want we want the least amount of interceptions. Bucks. Least amount of interceptions. They bucks. have to have thrown at least 20 touchdowns. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm going to say Jameis Winston. <laughs> Not going to happen. Um, Pirate ships. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> um, so who didn't have? Who doesn't throw many touchdowns? Um, Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes scores you five. Takes a one point lead into the second half of this round. Mark, second answer. Um, I will go with. Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson also had five. That means Adam needs someone with 20 touchdowns and only four interceptions or less. God, is that that possible? (laughs) Oh, Oh, I'll tell you what, I can think of one that I should have said. Yeah, I bet I can think of one. This feels like there's more skill with this question than the wide receivers. I don't know why, but it does. Um, uh, Right. Ugh. Oh, I don't. I don't. No, no. I'm thinking. I'm thinking New England Patriots for a second there, because he just just he never didn't... Think, never think the New England Patriots. I know. Never I don't think. like. I don't like to. No, I'm going there. 
Thomas Brady. Thomas Brady had eight. There were two quarterbacks who would have given you four points, the lowest scorer on the boards, which would have tied it at 10 points each. Who's your thought, Mark? Uh, I would have said Drew Brees. Yes, Drew Brees had four. Uh, And the other one? Oh, no idea. Jackson? Aaron Rodgers. Did he? Really? Yeah. And you were right. The uh, worst answer on this board that was not a 100-pointer was Jameis Winston. With 30? (laughs) 30. (laughs) (laughs) All right, 2-0 to Mark. Uh, question three is offences that achieved more than 350 yards per game, all purpose yards, I should say, scoring points for the number of sacks allowed. <laughs> uh, and Adam, <laughs> uh, Oh, this is horrible. Who's. Well, okay, no, I'm going Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs scores you 25 points. Okay. Tell me what I'm looking for again, Pat. The offence must have had more than 350 yards per game, all-purpose, last season. Yeah. And you're scoring points for the number of sacks they allowed. Okay. Baltimore. Ravens. 28. It's the first time he's been behind at half-time. Come back. More than 350 yards a game. Um, let's go for New Orleans Saints scores you 25 that's a total of 53 which means Adam needs 27 or less to take the point Mm. this is tricky because you think QBs who are good at evading sacks probably does that make mean they they take more or less because they probably hold on to the ball for longer it's like a yeah am i again overthinking this i'm going to go with the same answer i went in the last round on you can't the basis go, can't go he, can't, again, he doesn't hold on to the ball new england patriots new england patriots scores you 28 53 points each Ooh. so we're going to have Lockdown. one more answer from each of you Lowest score takes it. Adam, third answer. <laughs> okay. Uh, da- uh, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys scores you 23. That's a good answer. So, Mark. Did you like how I nearly said Dak Prescott instead of Dallas Cowboys by mistake and then the first syllable meant I could just change it mid. <laughs> I like the fact that your best answer was your third answer. If you just said it, you'd have won by now. Yeah. Um, uh, Seahawks. Seahawks, 48. Ow! There is wow. one answer on the board that would have uh, won it for you, and that answer was the, the Rams, who only conceded 22. Um, Titans were worst at 56. Wow. Yeah, I wasn't going anywhere near. The, yeah. <laughs> I, right. I think 53 of them were taken by Marcus Mariota in the first six games. It felt <laughs> like it. <laughs> at least you got over the 350 rushing yards per game, Mark. Though a lot of people didn't, not rushing, total yards yeah. per game. <laughs> Question four with Mark going first for the first time was rushers who have more than 1,000 rushing yards on the season 
and you're scoring points for the number of fumbles they conceded. Okay. Um, let's go with Christian McCaffrey. That's our first pointless answer of the quiz. Yeah. Oh. Pressure on Adam. Yeah. Uh, tricky. You don't, unless it's for your own team, fumbles don't tend to stick in the head. Uh, I am going to go with Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook fumbled twice. Second answer, Adam. Pressure's on now. Um, Fumbles and losing possession or just any fumble? Any fumble. Okay. That changes one of my possible answers there. (laughs) (sighs) Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde also had two. You're on a total uh, okay. of four. I'll take that. I'll take that. Mark, can you pick a running back with less than four fumbles and more than a thousand yards? I feel like I should be able to do that. Um... Let's go with. This is a more slowly thing. You've really got down to a fine art. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you should go in just a minute. Zeke Elliott had two fumbles. Ooh. Mark takes the third oh, point. Good job. Nice, nice answer. Two questions left. I, think, I feel like Christian McCaffrey bailed me out a little bit there. Yeah, there was um, four other pointless answers you could have had. Chris What's Carson that? was the worst with four, which I'm sure everyone would have avoided because it was the running joke yeah. all season. Yeah, yeah. All right, Adam needs both of these to tie. Question five. Defences that allowed 350 yards per game or more, and you're scoring points for the number of takeaways they managed. Mm, okay. That's not in a just-eat sense. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, sorry, and it's... Mar- no, Adam to throw first. Game. All right. I'm going to go with Washington. Redskins on 22 are there. Good start. Um, what am I looking for again? You want a defence that has allowed more than 350 yards per game and they're scoring based, uh, you're scoring based on the number of takeaways that team had. Okay. Um... Giants. Giants. They are there. They had 16 takeaways. So you've got a six-point lead going into the second half of the quiz. Second half of the round. Can you take it home? Um, I'll go with... Uh, who, was, who was... Falcons. Falcons had 20. Puts you on 36. Can Adam get one that's 14 takeaways or less? Mm, that sounds tricky. <laughs> uh, oh dear. Let's go with the. It seems 
It seems too obvious, but the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals had 16. Oh, oh. So very oh. close. Actually, you couldn't have beaten Mark because the best answer on the board was the Raiders with 15. So you'd have lost by a point, even if you got the best answer, I'm afraid. Um, Seahawks was the worst answer on the board with 32. So Mark has an unassailable 4-1 lead. Do you I want feel, to do I the feel, final question? I feel like I've, I've got lucky, I must admit. But um, I'll take it. Standard. Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do you want to do a quick dead rubber or not? Yeah. We're still Sans Craig, so let's give it a go. Okay, final question. Tight ends with 50 or more receptions and you're scoring points based on their number of receiving touchdowns. All right. (laughs) Am I going first again? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Darren Waller. Darren That's a Waller terrible is there. Effort. He has three touchdowns. That's fewer than I would have thought in the split second after I said it, actually. It's a very good effort. Mark, <laughs> can you top that? Probably not. Um, Kittle? George Kittle had five. Ooh. Is that it? Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, it did feel like we bet on him every single week and he never, <laughs> never came in. Yeah. You could say that for most of this list. Yeah, guess. true. That is, okay. That's a good point. Second guess, Mark. Um, I feel like we probably should go for him because it obviously, you know, it means something. And I've got a feeling he did quite well. So I'm going to say Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews had 10. Yeah, that's that's a fairly terrible answer, but I appreciate the spirit of it. Yeah. <laughs> So, Let's... 15 points to beat. Adam, can you get a tight end who's caught more than 50 passes and less than 12 touchdowns? Let's go with Jared Cook, because Jared Cook has definitely screwed us. Yes, Would you times. believe that Jared Cook is the first wrong answer of the entire quiz? Since <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, I would. As you uh, rightly pointed out, Adam. Um, he, he screwed us over again. <laughs> Yes, Mark Andrews was the worst answer on the board that wasn't wrong with 10 touchdowns. The best answer on the board was Greg Olsen, who had only two. Okay. Nice nice little quiz. How many catches um, Jared Cook had? How many receptions? 43, close, but no cigar. Yeah, unlucky, Jared. And nine receiving touchdowns. So uh... That's more than I would have thought. Hmm. Yeah, so good. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Excellent, that was good. Good format. Some music, Mark. Yeah. There you go. Thanks. <laughs> that was good. Right, we we're what? Yeah, half hour in. I've lost track of time. Uh, we haven't mentioned the Super Bowl yet. Let's not Rich, do it quite yet, because Rich I mean, has. Oh, yeah, he did. Good point. Yeah, we we definitely listened to that, didn't we? Yeah, all of it. Uh, it was really good. <laughs> uh, on the basis that we're not going to talk about the Super Bowl for too long because this is a long supper podcast, I, po- I put a tweet out just to see if anybody would give us some talking points that were worth mentioning. And the responses probably to sum up the podcast, all in all. Uh, Jack Humphrey. 
So the the tweet, the, sorry, I should clarify. The tweet said, "If you have any questions or discussion points about anything, send them our way." Mm-hmm. Jack Humphrey says, "How pissed was I?" Well, Jack, based on your podcast, which was, I from what I gather, because you mentioned that Tottenham were on the TV at that point, so that would have been between half past four and half past six in the evening, and you were drunk then. I can only imagine the addition of time and alcohol between that point and the Super Bowl, which would be, you know, six or seven hours. I'd say, I'd say very would be my guess. And yet, strangely, the podcast was better than the normal ones. (laughs) (laughs) The same may have been true about ours. It's very likely. (laughs) Uh, Then we have Jamie Byram, Austin Eckler, that is all. I assume it means he, he he wants us to talk about Austin Eckler. I mean, we could. I don't have much to say about Austin Eckler, other than the fact that, well, he nearly outperformed Melvin Gordon, but I don't think he did off the top of my head. I haven't researched this at all. Anyone he carried one of my fantasy teams for the first half of the season. I enjoyed that. I'd happily have him at the Jaguars. He looks like one of those players that when when the starter goes out, he comes in and does really, really well. And everyone thinks, Oh, he looks incredible. And then the starter comes back and he barely features anymore all of a sudden. So clearly isn't, isn't that good, but you wonder if he would do better if, and would be a reasonably good high productive back. If Melvin Gordon did get traded somewhere. Or, or himself, or himself. I thought he looked decent. Yeah. He's a good multi-threat back with the, uh, receiving yards and the rushing yards it's really really helpful to have that two prongs to your game like uh, you know like Derek Henry has yeah there's a lot of Bills fans who are after Melvin Gordon to come to the to come to Buffalo not so sure uh, well, is the is Singletree well, I, I don't know he's he's the, the number one back going forward is he not uh, well I, th- I think so but as with most teams you probably need a couple yeah yeah yeah, you can't keep relying on Frank Gore forever. Sooner or later, he's got to retire. <laughs> no, that no. poor guy. That poor guy loves football enough so much that he came to Buffalo to play. And I haven't heard him announce the retirement yet. No, no. no. I don't believe so. Eric Weddle has a bit of news. There you go. Yeah. Um, then we've, we've got, we've, well, another couple of people. I don't know who this is. The Chinese Lensman at Chinese underscore Lensman on Twitter. Doesn't no, it doesn't really bounce. Just says returning for his, his Twitter bio. I'm just going to read it out returning for a fourth time at Mall Over Podcast. Hashtag autism acceptance. Um, good thing to accept. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he asks, Have you ever thrown a kettle over a pub? Um, I don't think I have. I've thrown a, a welly full of beer over a wall set up for such a challenge. Well, it's full of beer. Yes, it was like it Sounds was like, like a waste of beer. Well, the, the idea was to not to spill as little as you could during, <laughs> during said wang of welly. Um, love, ever, a, love a welly ever, wang. Everyone loves a welly wang. Um, <laughs> that's that's what not about a wang. wet welly wang. That was a wet welly wang. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I've thrown a welly over a wall, um, but no, not a kettle over a pub. Is that something that people do? I think it's a reference to the office, is it not? And that, that, the pub yeah. quiz and the well, David Brent. He throw, does he throw a shoe over the pub? I don't even know if he he, he does manage to do it. He, 
with the laces and swinging it around. We did it on a train hop before now as well. And at the time, I'd never watched The Office, so I didn't know it was a reference to anything. I just thought people were being ridiculous, which <laughs> it's true for most of the events. <laughs> it works either way, doesn't it? <laughs> um, Good. Good question. Then Matt, Matt Cullum responded to that with, <laughs> have you ever shat in a kettle? No. I mean, that, that would be animalistic. Now, why would people? Why would why people? Would, why would you shit in a, put unless feces another in a kettle? That, yeah, no, that that doesn't that doesn't sound pleasant at all. It sounds like you're mimicking the drafts uh, backroom staff. Sorry, the Browns backroom staff ruined that joke. Never mind. Hold <laughs> 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 <Good>. on. <laughs> Did you guys ever watch the movie Draft Day? Did you ever see that with Kevin Costner? Yeah. No. Yeah. It was, have you have you never seen it? It's yeah. so it's so appalling. It's actually quite funny. Um, it's it, it's worth it's watching. Only two or three years old, isn't it? Is yeah. That, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I haven't seen. And my my favourite bit is, and it's this doesn't spoil anything for you because it's right at the beginning. But my favourite bit, the, the 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 setup is, I think, is it the Seahawks with the first pick of the draft? And it's the Seahawks with the first pick of the draft, I think. Or yes, and they'd just won this like in real life they just won the Super Bowl so it was kind of done so it didn't piss anybody else off making them be the shit team picking first but the, there's a conversation that goes on between the head coach and the GM like the night before the draft and they're looking at each other going so who are we going to pick with this first pick of the draft like you haven't been planning it for three months and like in real life you're sat there the night before going now what are we going to do chap I don't just don't know I am stumped Exactly what we were saying earlier about yeah, that. But... It's ridiculous, but it is it's quite it's like it's so bad. It's it's actually quite enjoyable. <laughs> just just so you've got the most possible time you have to make the decision, you use that extra ten minutes as, <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's bonkers. There's been some Jags first rounds that do feel like that has sort of happened. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like the whole of, scout. Well, thing, look at this touchdown maybe, that, that just guy hasn't did. happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> oh well. Good questions though. Yeah, he, exactly the standard questions I was looking for if I'm honest. In it's fact, more than uh, I expected to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Shall we shall we talk a little bit about the Super Bowl because we did watch it and that is sort of why we're here. Yeah. And we, I'm not we're not going to break it down but Okay, well each each give us one one takeaway of or one overriding thought that you were you were left with after 50 minutes i thought my prediction and how i thought this is going to go has been exactly right and the 49ers are going to take it <laughs> then and then the chiefs just um were the team that could stay brave for those vital last 10 minutes and suddenly these two Chiefs pickers were uh, looking smug on the sofa. I was sitting in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> it, it feels like for, for any team at the minute that is planning what to do for next year, what there's no point in even trying to build a team now unless you can find a way of stopping Pat Mahomes for 60 minutes. It's no good stopping him for 55 it's no good stopping in for 50 minutes. You have to find a way. Because that 49ers D was incredible for 52 for 52 minutes. Well, brilliant. It contained him. He didn't look like... He, I don't think Pat Mahomes had a very good game, in all honesty. 
Um, and that says everything you need to know about the MVP award for this for this game. Um, Does it though? Well, it, it, I mean, if you're if you if you're the quarterback on the winning team, it seems like nine times out of ten you're going to win, regardless of how well you play. See, normally I'd be all over that. Like, look, I mean, there have been some terrible quarterbacks that have won the MVP in the Super Bowl, but I was fine with that. Yeah, I thought Damien Williams was far more deserving. I, don't, I think Pat Mahomes, by his high standards, I thought he was poor on the day. Um, but I think a large part of that was down to the way that the Niners played. Um, but they, it, it's it's scary to think that in three games in the postseason, the Chiefs have been down by double digits and have ended up winning all of those games by double digits. Um, it's it just shows that that offense needs no time at all to get some momentum, a couple of big plays and they can score faster than just about any team I've ever seen. Um, and ev- the rest of the AFC should be terrified because they need to build a D to stop Pat Mahomes. It's it's like they left it later in each game in the playoffs. So the, the Texans game, they were already, they were, well, later and weirdly sort of making it harder for themselves because they're playing better teams. But that Texans game, there was suddenly the comeback was second quarter, just hit them, hit them in the throat. Um, against the Titans, it was it was more probably around the third quarter, mainly just before half time with that that long run for a touchdown from Mahomes. This game, like right right at the end, when you think, and I I thought it was done. I, yeah, me too. The Texans and Titans games, no, not at all. But you, you felt, yeah, it's they're going to come back into it. But yeah, the the Niners just looked like they had it under control. The second interception at twenty ten, you thought that's it. Yeah, yeah, and I think most people were like, we were in, we were sat in the room, and Craig went around the room asking who we thought was going to win it, and I think he was the only one who still thought the Chiefs would win at that stage. Having said. That the 49ers would win yeah. before the game started. The whole, the whole way through, Having yeah. said the Chiefs would win the week before that. So, you know, <laughs> you throw enough darts. <laughs> it's a fair point. Yeah, it's a fair point. Fuck you, Craig. Yeah, yeah. Um, it... Hashtag Craig facts. Yeah. Um, it's a combination of the 49ers' defence tired out because they were under so much pressure every time the Chiefs attacked them. And partly the 49ers often stopped being able to move the ball and give the defense time to rest. And, you know, that, that three and out at the start of the fourth quarter really put the pressure on and they couldn't handle that. Yeah. Um, it was, it was weird though. Like once, as soon as Kansas city had scored. So what was, what was the deficit? 10 points. It was 2010. And then, then I think they, it was, it was 2017. And at that point, straight away, like immediately they were going to win. Like as as certain as it seemed that the 49ers were had it sewn up with a ten point advantage, as soon as Kansas City scored, I thought no, totally changed. Yeah, because um, you're then relying all of a sudden, the Chiefs have got rolling on offense, and then you're relying on Jimmy G and the Niners off on offense to put some drives together, and they and they weren't able to do it. Yeah, I, one one little rant that. I want to have sort of on not Rich's behalf, but from a 49ers perspective is, is the fact that yes, they had the game under control seemingly. Of course, we know now that it wasn't because they didn't win the game clearly, but 
the sequence before half time. Oh, yeah, that was a shambles. I, I, said, I said at the time, like they, the, the Chiefs had a fourth down and were punting to them. Yeah. And with sort of one minute and three quarters or so on the clock, and 49s had three timeouts, and they didn't use one then. So 40 seconds came off. So they get the ball with a minute and three timeouts instead of, you know, one forty and two timeouts. So you think that's that says we have no intention of really trying to score. Um, and yeah. then they they ran it a couple of times. So they said, well, it, yeah, may as well have taken a knee to be honest. And then took a shot. And had it not been for the the OPI call against Kittle, they may have they may have somehow got a field goal or a touchdown out of that that wasn't. Remotely but, they bro- they, but they broke a big run before that, didn't they? Which all of a sudden like let them think. Well, well that made them think, need, oh, we maybe yeah, we need we'll to have a try. Game. But yeah, it was. It and even Koshanahan has said as much that he was happy to go in at halftime ten ten. When which is not an attitude you can take against an offense as powerful no, as the Chiefs. Exactly. You've got to maximize every offensive. You're exactly right. Got to keep up with. Con- and considering his history in calling plays in Super Bowls. Where after the 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 twenty eight three game that everyone remembers and everyone's talking about again because it's the same bloke involved, where he came where he came out of that game saying that there are plays that he wished that he was more aggressive and that he wished he could have back because he didn't like really go for it as he wishes he'd had, and I feel like it came down to it in the big game again and he's just done exactly the same thing in those in those same spots. Admittedly, it's half time, so it's not you know there's still a long way to go. But I feel like in the second half there was still some play calling that didn't seem to be ballsy enough. When you know you're going away from what they'd done to get them there, um, and it just it allowed the that the door open for the Chiefs' offense and they kicked it in and ran with it. It's a shadow it casts, isn't it? Because you're basically saying, I don't trust you with a minute and 40 seconds to go down the field and get into field goal range to score a touchdown. I think you're going to rush it, concede a turnover, and maybe concede us points. So we're going to be cautious, keep the ball, and make sure we don't concede any points. Yeah, and that was and what he said, wasn't it? To be like that. that so he even, didn't want to give Pat Mahomes the ball back, which is bonkers. <laughs> even if you think Jimmy G's not having the best game, and maybe, maybe you could argue he wasn't, but you still can't play like that against the Chiefs. No. No, no matter what you think about your quarterback's capabilities, this is your shot in the Super Bowl and you know what you're up against. You know yeah. what Mahomes can do. You've you've got to at least well, maybe maybe that doesn't work and they don't score a touchdown. Maybe it backfires, but you've got to give it a shot because yeah. you you don't take every opportunity to score. Then Kansas City will do what they did. And even uh, maybe, the, even the um the GM was on the sideline calling for a timeout that then didn't obviously come, and the and the owners thought there was going to be a timeout, and you just think, yeah, I think he played it too conservatively, We're, considering what happened and that they were one questionable but correct offensive pass interference call away from being almost in field goal range. You think you give yourself a minute and forty seconds, you've got every chance. I mean, I I think that probably was OPI for what it's worth yeah, but so, I, I agree so, plenty of people don't and and there but was that split scream with the viking the is it carl rudolph i think in the playoffs but like th- none of that's the point i feel a bit like that about the the saints pi non, non-call a couple of years ago in, against the rams well yeah a call didn't go your way that on another day may have done but the plays either side of that were terrible yeah, after four focus, focus on calls. those just as much as you could blame the refs all you like, but you know you execute 
a better game plan around it, you're not relying on that. The officiating in that game is generally very good. I think there was one false start missed, which wouldn't have made that much difference anyway. But apart from that, it was generally very good. There wasn't much contention there. Um, I thought the OPI call, I think it's right to the letter of the law. I think maybe the law is a little bit stringent because I look at the replay and I think the defensive player isn't going to get to a position where he can play on the ball anyway. So, yes, the arm extends, but it doesn't impede enough, I don't think, for it to be something that should count, but it does count to the letter of the law. I agree with you. Yeah. I thought the other one as well, the um, the pass interference call where the, the 49ers guy basically jumped into the receiver in the end zone that gave yeah, him the chance at the second. No I was quite, quite no complaints about that at all either. Didn't turn his head once. Um, yeah, clearly got, got in the way, despite what Rich was saying at the time. I <laughs> thought that was part of the time as well, but I think that was partly the beer talking and partly the <laughs> defensive player in me talking. I kind of looked at it like a football, like like a soccer football, association football thing, where it's like, well, he hasn't, you know, he's got into position and then he's jumped and the ball's hit him in the back. He hasn't steamrolled the guy out of the way or taken up his space. But, it's different rules in different sports, right? And he didn't turn around and make a play in the ball. He was just blocking yeah. to stop the ball getting to the receiver. Apparently, that's not okay. Yeah. There was one issue that a few people have raised at the play clock. And I think it was it the fourth and down. So the fourth and 10 play right at the end. Last chance for the Niners. And um, I'll maybe get, I'll get the sequence slightly wrong, but the play clock went to zero. And the play was allowed to continue. And then the the play broke down. I don't, I don't think Jimmy G was sacked, but he was, there was, didn't get a pass away properly. And that, that was a turnover on downs. The fact that it's the 49ers arguing that it should have been delay of game. Well, yeah, that would have been fourth and 15 then. Yeah. You know, that, 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 was that your best? You felt you're really clutching at straws there, I think. Yeah. And it was so borderline. The snap was starting as the thing ticked to zero. So it was just slightly after it ticked to zero, but it's not, you know, it's a blink of an eye. It's borderline. It looks obvious on a slow-mo, but full speed when you're trying to watch a snap and a clock. I do feel like with that, it's a bit like the no ball in cricket. Like how, how are we in 2020 and we're still relying on the manual check for that, for that to be called. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, they get missed. Right? No balls get missed. And you think, there must be a better way in yeah. in this day and age, but here we are. <laughs> I feel like the game. Sorry, carry on, mate. I was going to say, cricket is almost worse because they've kind. Of... It feels like umpires have stopped calling them because they can check it later. But yeah. that means the bowler doesn't know until the wicket-taking ball when it's checked that he's been overstepping for the last however long. So you, it costs the bowling team wickets because they weren't corrected earlier on. They yeah. manage it in ODIs. Anyway, this is for this is for the long leg pod, which we should do again one day. Probably, yeah. The off season, yeah. we've got more time. That's I felt like funny. I felt like for the game overall, we kind of got almost. It, the question was, were we going to see the stellar Niners D or the stellar Chiefs offense? And I feel like we we ended up seeing both. Um, yeah. And it was yeah. just yeah. which was going to be the one that was kind of that could was was doing it at the end. And it was for fifty two minutes. It was it was the Niners on top but they they didn't manage it for 60 minutes and that was all yeah. that they only took those day night the chiefs held their nerve and that's what saw yeah. it over the line it was a great game for the neutral not so much yeah. for rich for the and neutral. i was and i think from a you know it was 
it was one of those weird games normally because I, th- I think mainly because it's the Patriots in the Super Bowl but normally you go into a Super Bowl really really rooting for one team over the other <laughs> and this was this was a game where I wasn't genuinely I didn't really care who won the game it was just I wanted a good game and I feel like we got that especially in comparison to the the Rams Patriots game last year um but I was I was genuinely happy for for the Chiefs and the the Chiefs fans because from someone um, who's like and there's a there's a few people around here who don't support teams that have been overly successful for long periods of time, um, <laughs> but for them to to wait the amount of time that they have just to get back to the Super Bowl and then to win it must be amazing for that fan base. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy for them and obviously ha- very happy for Andy Reid um, because that I think that is cemented his legacy as one of the the greatest coaches that there's ever been in the game absolutely what did, what did he say he was going to do to celebrate he was going to have extra cheese on his cheeseburger yeah breath. <laughs> and <laughs> he came out the following day and said i didn't sleep with the trophy last night i slept with my trophy wife <laughs> oh that was brilliant whoa <laughs> But he's all the podcast. <laughs> all the stuff, all his, all those images of just a, a guy who's been a fantastic coach for so many years in the NFL. So oh, I mean, so Eagles fans it didn't he didn't do it for you, but you had your Super Bowl a couple of years ago. But it just a guy who you couldn't help but feel happy for, and just the pure joy on his face. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. And conversely, it was really, really difficult to watch to watch the Carl Shanahan interview. Because there was a guy who was fighting some demons, I think, and was like, it was properly emotional and trying to keep it all together. But it was almost like you knew he was thinking to himself, I've, you know, I've managed to oversee a team that's got to this point and blown a lead again. And, um, this was very different though. That narrative, it was, oh, it was completely bored of that narrative already because it's. It's, but you knew, but it's happened, hasn't it? Those, course, those questions yeah. are being asked, and he knew that that was going to happen. And and I I feel bad for him because he's clearly a really really talented coach. Um, and I, you hope it doesn't follow him around for too long. But fans are also assholes, so the likelihood is um, it will for a while. Um, and as we've pointed out previously, it's not easy to get to a Super Bowl. So to be twenty ten up in a Super Bowl with eight minutes to go and to not win must be unbelievably devastating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's... I was trying I mean, to it's... trying to explain to my son the concept of, like, the cause he's only seven. He doesn't necessarily... He doesn't watch an awful lot of American football, but explain to him the concept that this is it. Everything is on this game. It's not... There's not another league fixture that you can go and play. You can't just settle for the FA Cup instead. You know, this is... This game is everything, and um, you can only imagine how that feels to have got all that way and then to to lose it in those circumstances. It's very different to most other sports at this side of the pond in that respect. Like in you're a football fan, you've got you know if you're a you know, you're a Man United fan, um, you know, Pat. It's probably different following Stevenage or Sheffield Wednesday or, or a team lower down, but you've got different trophies that are on offer, and, and even even in other sports that keep you interest. Even in other sports, that side of the Atlantic, um, you know, it's it's on the whole a best of seven game series, whereas in in the NFL, this is it. This is it. There's you don't get the chance to recover. And for thirty-one teams every season, you know, it's it's, it's disappointment. I don't. I, I mean, 
it's very easy to look at it and say, yes, you should be happier to be in the Super Bowl or be in the championship game or be in the playoffs than finishing three and 13. Yeah. But it, you finish three and 13, the hope doesn't kill you at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And, and, and you end up with a good draft pick. So <laughs> it almost, <laughs> yeah, because I'd much rather be drafting four or five than 22. But then you that you, but you get to reflect on the joy of that season. But oh, it's it's a it's a real quandary at this time of the year. <laughs> it feels wrong to say that you should be happy with that, but logically, if if nothing, if it's Super Bowl, a Super Bowl win is the only thing that is good enough, then that's that's the way it is. I mean, I don't think it is. I think you, I'm much, I'm happier now, coming off the back of an AFC Championship defeat, than I would have been to have to be picking high up because you've got you could be proud of a team and you've sort of bonded with that team emotionally rather than players that you can't you can't wait to see the back of and you feel better about well yeah that's true the, the team that you follow but there you go yeah um we've we've jumped around on this podcast as is i want as as is i want um craig i don't think he's joining us now pat has yeah i don't know where pat's gone he's just issues. Like, he's just disappeared <laughs> So it's become very much a one-on-one um, hoops game in the backyard between me and you, Adam. Yeah, yeah. It's well, nice. should we finish? Should we finish with some any other business? Do you, well if you have any. I don't know. You might not. Uh, well, the, the only thing that's been annoying me recently is my, for some reason, the, the youth at, at the minute seem to prefer the youth. The youth. And by that I mean like seven, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds. They've got this thing about watching other people on YouTube playing the games that they like playing themselves. So my son really likes playing Minecraft, but and he's in, he's really into watching other people on YouTube playing Minecraft, and that's fair enough. It didn't it wasn't something that existed um, when I were a lad. But the thing that bothers me about it, and it's to do with it's to do with YouTube mainly, is the fact that he watches these videos, and all the videos that he watches are, you know, designated to say for work. There's no swearing in them. There's no, you know, stuff that you wouldn't want your seven or eight year old child to be watching. But YouTube, for some reason, in their infinite wisdom, think it's perfectly acceptable to stick ads in these videos that are for fifteen rated movies. Um, there's there's horror films that get advertised in these movies, and I don't know what the algorithm is that gets used to decide ad- against what video a certain advert appears. But it feels completely wrong that a video that is designed for a young person to watch it is littered with ads that are completely inappropriate for someone of his age, and it it hacks me off um especially considering he watches youtube usually through our skybox so can't we, we there's no option for something like um the the kids version of youtube or something like that that removes all these adverts um but the fact that they're there and youtube hasn't found a way of making them more appropriate for as an example um watching watching one of these adverts and an advert for um the new whatever her name is, um, Batman, that girl. I'm Batman. (laughs) (laughs) The baddie girl, Joker's girlfriend from Batman. I can't remember her name. The name escapes me. And the the hot blonde Australian um, actress plays her. 
an ad, a trailer for that movie was in it. Catwoman. Ma- Cap. No, it's um, oh, Margot Harley Robin. Quinn, isn't it? Harley Quinn. An advert for that. Oh, I'm I am showing my. Well, yeah. not not even age, just ineptitude. So. Yeah, and, and an advert for a trailer for that in which she swears. And you think, you know, my son's seven, he's watching a video that's completely appropriate for his age, and yet that advert is appearing during this video. I think YouTube needs, just needs to sort out its algorithms and do something a bit I'm going to have to look out for that because I've, my son watches YouTube in exactly the same way. Yeah. He tends to watch videos of other people simulating FIFA games. Yeah, that, a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, don't quite. I don't get it. I just, I just don't understand why the why the advert can't be age appropriate. And I'm sure most of the time it is, but it just seems like recently, in the last couple of months, there's been a lot more adverts appearing that aren't age appropriate, and um, that you know, it just it it's it's worrying. I will have to look out for that. You can. Even though it's through your Skybox, you can sign into a YouTube account. I don't know if the YouTube account that you sign into makes any difference with that. That might be worth a look. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite possible. But it's, um, yeah, it's just a concern that I have as a, as a parent. Very valid. There we go. Pat's back. I don't know what happened there. You, you left your seats and then, then you, you were just gone. I don't know. Yeah, I was kicking my router, and now everything seems back to normal. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> any other any other business from you? Um, it's been a week of different political things that have irked me. I guess um, the one that got me the most, I think, was uh, Mr. Stanley Johnson just showing how uh, jingoistic and nepotistic the current political system is. So. He was having a meeting with some um, Chinese officials as a quote climate change activist, and cheer up—they might have coronavirus. Quite as part of that, um, they said to him, "You know, um, we're not happy with how Boris has uh, responded to said coronavirus. He hasn't been appropriately supportive of us, um, and how we're handling it. It'd be nice to see him, you know." complimenting the Chinese authorities' reaction to things. Um, Definitely the most important thing. Yeah, quite. So Stanley, on his way home from that meeting, emails this to a load of uh, government accounts from his iPhone, as you do, um, including Zach Goldsmith, and also including a BBC journalist by accident. And there was about two hours' worth of email conversations to this group email chain copying in the BBC by accident, which... uh, (laughs) <laughs> slowly coming out in the water uh, the last few times. It's just congratulations to him. It's indicative of the farce that our political system's in currently, and it's it's worrying times. Because the BBC journalist has the same first name as somebody that he's trying to email. Probably it's, it'll be that literally that simple. Part of me wondered whether it was a deliberate, like sneaky leak on his part. But having seen him on celebrity, <laughs> no, it's incompetence. Most like just ineptness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, any other business? I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, we've talked about the the great weekend or sun, Sunday evening I had with some some fantastic company. It's nice, sort of doing something like that each year, getting together, watching the Super Bowl wherever it may be. Um, secretly hoping it's not Bristol next year for the third year in a row, but we'll we'll get to that nearer the time, I'm sure. 
but no that that's that's all good i'm just gonna in fact something really silly and quite amusing um ticket barriers you know in london ticket barriers exist all around the country now i'm sure you're all familiar with how they work i approached one today got my card out to stick on the stick on the thing to open the gates and unusually the gates are about to open and i'm facing somebody walking walking towards me through the same barrier because they're all reversible depending on the flow of people or the time of day this guy hadn't hadn't spotted that it was or maybe he had i couldn't quite work it out uh, but they, they were they were going the wrong way and he's trying to tap his card on something that's presumably not switched on the, the other side even at the point he realized just wasn't budging and we just had to stand off. I, I suspect like, yeah, it was your fault as well. <laughs> I mean, eventually, he sort of not literally shoved him out of the way, but body language won. But I don't know if he was trying to get through on the back of me opening for him. I couldn't quite couldn't quite work it out. But there's a very odd odd moment today that sort of just amused me. So if the barrier's open towards you, then you know you're on the wrong side. Well, they, they were. You'd think he would have done, but... i hit you in the nuts, you'd get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> this country. I've had it before where you've... Someone behind you... Or sorry, someone in front of you's ticket or whatever hasn't worked, and you put... You, because of the timing of them, and then they go through on yours. And But it was this wasn't even that. This was just... Ridiculous on, on many levels. In fact, that's... This is, that's good mundane any other business if i do say so myself <laughs> that's you back on form from an any other business point of view adam not be a boring james milner <laughs> exactly <laughs> while i was kicking my router did you talk about um the uproar of the jaguars two games in london oh, oh no, no. We, we haven't no, mentioned actually because no, i wouldn't normally that. bring up the jaguars it's a faux pas to talk about your own team isn't it but um in this case it's nfl uk isn't it and uh my take on it is I think the Jags fans have given up enough home games, frankly, and two is two is too many. One is a treat, unless it's how the Texans game went down last year, in which case I can take it or leave it. But um, it's, it's, it's one not too many, yeah. Well, you know, the, 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 they're saying, you know, we've got 37.5% of our home games in our city. They've taken away an extra 15-ish percent based on what we had last year. They've offered us a 5% season ticket reduction, which is a piss take. A part of me thinks, well, they should turn up to their home games in bigger numbers. But then another part of me kind of feels for the people that actually do turn up. Yeah, it's not the fans yeah. that are t- aren't turning up that are complaining about the extra games. Yeah, OK, yeah. Because they're not the ones you, who are going to be active anyway. Do you think that this is just another step towards them trying to bring the Jags over to London permanently? I mean, it seems the obvious direction of trend, doesn't it? It's looking at, can you do... Especially considering the owner and his links to the city, um, two games in a row, so they'd be based over here for a number of weeks. It seems to be that this is what they want to see, if what the logical step is, if that's possible. Yeah, it looks like it. I don't want to see it, but it does look like it. Would you? What would you? How would you react to it? Because it seems like you know, even as a, you would think that as a Jags fan, if it's if it's going to work for anybody, it would work for you. Um, but you you've never been that that convinced with it i don't want to see a city robbed of their team that's what it boils down to you know yeah. you grow up with that not happening in all of the sports that you follow and it seems really alien and 
I grew up with them as something I followed on CFAX and then it became something I followed on radio and something I followed online and something I've now had the privilege to go and see live twice. Um, but I don't want to see a whole city deprived of that just so that I can have it more. Cause... But I guess if they were, if they, if Shad Khan decides that he wants to leave Jacksonville, then better London than, you know, Memphis. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's fair. If it does move, then yeah, why not move close to me? But because you've got the most important part, to be honest. Well, you know. <laughs> a couple of couple of things that I always think. I mean, we've we've discussed this before in this podcast, but like the entitlement of some UK fans. But it it just seems to bring out some strange reaction. But on the one hand, I don't know why we're in this, and this is partly NFL UK, but. I guess it's the natural way of doing things is something gets confirmed, they announce it. And it's, well, you could, you could save all of this up till April when the schedule comes out and just say, here are four games in London and it all comes out at once. Oh, the Jags are going to host too. But we always get these bits and pieces at a time. So yeah. I don't know if it's like a ploy to keep the interest up. I don't uh, really get that. It's but exactly then... that, isn't it? It's, what, it's a way to keep people talking about the NFL now that the Super Bowl's finished. But th- then you get all this... Fan, like UK fans of different teams arguing with each other about who deserves it more or who's more entitled, and then then you get the speculation on who it's going to be. Yeah. And as a Titans fan, you get drawn into the the tit- Titans fans are discussing this because it looks like one of the Jags games is going to be a divisional game. Oh, so it's oh, it was the Texans last year, so it, oh, it might be us this time. In, like nobody knows anything, and then you get NFL in London do this, and it's quite clever from them. They're the guys, the guys that used to be at the Hippodrome and are now elsewhere. Um, but so they they have this like schedule of dates and games that, and they, they're just purely guessing. And you read their article if you click through on the link, and it it says, yeah, we don't know this is, but this is what it might be. But they've got this yeah. like shiny picture of like a schedule of London games to make people and then everyone's screen grabbing that and sharing it so that it's like the games have been yeah. linked no well, no they haven't so NFL in London are now getting a load of click through on this and also it's their graphic that's that's suddenly being shared but it, it's and I think one of the nonsense. one of those and one of those games is the Steelers at the Bills, which got fans of those teams talking. And yet the game in the regular season is the Bills at the Steelers. Oh, so really? It's... <laughs> <laughs> so they haven't even done, they haven't even, haven't even, done, the... haven't even got that. Right. Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I know for well the Jags who are going to be the two at Wembley, not one of the ones that um, I'm still going to call it White Hart Lane because it's like <laughs> that's what it should be. Yeah. Which is is disappointing. I'd I'd quite like the White Hart Lane experience. It's a it's a good experience. Yeah, you go, there'll be other other games there. Go, yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh, I'm not sure. I recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, fair. it's a fair point. Bear in mind, I'm used to the Lamex. It's probably a step up from that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, I've been to the Lamex. I can confirm it's a step up from that. Although I haven't been to the Lamex since the new North Stand's been built, so maybe that pushes it past the new Tottenham Stadium. Oh, would you know what, actually? I have got a free ticket for the North Stand on the 25th of February, if you want to join me for that. Um, 
racking my brains to think of what possible plans I might have. <laughs> no, I, no, joking aside, it's long overdue, and we've said that for a while. That I'm going to come along to um, watch a game with you and 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 Mr. Kett if he's if he's about. Although yeah, I suspect you don't watch regularly. I think. Oh, okay. Do you reckon we that's what they to used to? That would um, reckon that was the advertising slogan for the new Tottenham Stadium when they opened it up. It was like, oh, the new Tottenham Stadium. It's slightly better than the Lamax. Yeah. <laughs> I suspect it was. It's not as sticky as it used to be. That's my one Tottenham experience. And, yes. yeah, they got... That is almost certainly true. Right, there, there we go. That was a nice little rambling podcast. Sounds about um, right for us. Who knows when we'll be back? It's the off-season now. Yeah, well, we're, we're... I'm not going to commit to anything. Who no. am I kidding? But yeah. we, should do, we should do some stuff. All, that, all the things that we say... Oh, that's an off-season topic of conversation, and yeah. we'll forget what they all are. But I think I think last year, we, last year, did we do two podcasts the entire off-season? Let's beat that. One one was one. recorded and then never got out. Yeah, yeah, we did the, the big quiz, which was good. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe let's do something like that again. Yeah, we'll we'll do well. We'll let's find. Can you can you think of any other good podcasts out there? Well, let's have a think about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's have a think. But in the meantime, yeah, we we we're not going to be back next next week. I'll say that much. No. Um, and I'll keep keep promising. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there we go. We we will be back sometime. Yes. How's that for non-committal? This is us. <laughs> this is this this is the long sample podcast. There you go. Um, yeah, hope hope you've been hope you've enjoyed it. We'll we'll speak sometime. Bye. Love you. Go well. <laughs> Love you. Yeah, I'll go with that. Love you.